0: Welcome to Under the Ring Pro Wrestling Conversations. My name is Phil Strum. So happy you're with me today. My guest is an icon of professional wrestling, sports entertainment, a Hall of Famer many times over in a number of different genres. It is Sergeant Slaughter. A&E Biography Sergeant Slaughter is coming out this Sunday at 9 p.m. on A E. and And he's joining me today to talk about that and all of the things in his career from Wrestling the Iron Sheik in the boot camp match, wrestling Pat Patterson in the famous alley fight, being the living G.I. Joe, coming up with even the character of Sergeant Slaughter and what the inspirations for that were. Such a long, storied career from such an iconic guy. So here we go right now with my interview with Sergeant Slaughter. Honored to be joined by an icon of pro wrestling, a member of multiple halls of fame. It's Sergeant Slaughter. Sarge, welcome to Under the Ring Pro Wrestling Conversations. How are you doing today?
1: As you learn, I'm doing great.
0: Thanks so much uh, for uh, for being on here. So the big reason you're here, a Biography, Sergeant Slaughter, airs this Sunday at 9 p.m., What's it mean to you to have an episode of that program uh, dedicated to your life? And what do you think fans will enjoy about the final product?
1: Well, I'm really looking forward to seeing it. I haven't seen it myself yet. And unfortunately, I'm going to be in Europe uh, when it does there on Sunday. But I'll be back on Monday night, and uh, I'll have it uh, recorded so I can watch it. But, uh, you know, you never know what you're going to end up with. we did hours and hours and hours of uh, interviews for it, my family and myself. And I'm sure they've interviewed lots of other uh, wrestlers and and other people in my life. Uh, Just uh, you never know what's going to make the real because uh, it's only a two hour show. And I had a over 50 year plus uh, career. So I'm sure it'll be fun for everybody to, to watch and, and be a part of how much
0: pressure did you feel in wrestling trying to represent the u.s military with your character and was there any pressure or criticism that came along with portraying the u.s military as the iconic character of sergeant slaughter
1: well you know whenever you're the uh, the villain you get a lot of criticism but uh i was always uh you know uh 100 percent uh, did a lot of research on it. Uh, a lot of my uncles served in the military. I asked them questions and, you know, it's, it's, it's something it's, it's like, you know, doing a, uh, background check when you're an actor on, on your characters that you portray. You know, I, I started out as, uh, some other characters, but then I, I found this character, Sergeant Slaughter, created it and, uh, took it, uh, to heights that uh, no one ever expected, including myself. And uh, it's just an honor when you have uh, people, uh, at least uh, a dozen people uh, come through a a line uh, on a day and and thank me and salute me and shake my hand and say, thank you. If it wasn't for you, I wouldn't have joined the military, but you were my motivation. You you, uh, made me want to be a a soldier and uh, all the men and women out there that, uh, that did that. I I salute them and I appreciate what they did for our country and for the love of their country to, to serve. It's interesting to, you mentioned you were a number
0: of different things before you were Sergeant Slaughter. I, I know you were a beautiful Bobby. I've seen that old promo shot of you uh, yeah. in, with yeah. the with the cape or the robe or whatever it was. You were yeah, sort of a long, long blonde hair at
1: the, uh, had many uh, outfits, but my favorite was the the red, white, and blue. the uh, The uh, my mother made all those uh, robes for me before she passed, and wow, and uh, I I wore them proudly. But it just wasn't my character it wasn't the uh, the guy that I felt comfortable with in front of the camera. And I was very, a very, I'm uh, still a very shy guy. But to get in front of that camera and that red light comes on, you have to go into a character. I, at least I did. I had to find a character that I could portray, so that I could to uh, be in this uh, profession. And uh, Sergeant Slaughter was that character that I created. And any time that I put my campaign cover on uh, and tied up the uh, uh, laced up the combat boots, uh, I wanted the character and. Anytime I'm on a show like this, I'm in character. I'm in character right now. I'm Sergeant Slaughter right now. So uh, Bob Remus, uh, beautiful Bobby, just didn't work out for me. And I, I was under a mask for a few years uh, at the request of some promoters. Uh, but uh, Sergeant Slaughter was, was always my love and and someone that I could go into and, and uh, be very comfortable with. What made you most comfortable about becoming –
0: you mentioned, uh, you know, about Bob Remus becoming Sergeant Slaughter. What made you that character? Because it was a different time in wrestling, too. You basically became who you were.
1: Well, I I think uh, because uh, it was just a – it was kind of more me. I I always uh, enjoyed uh, going to uh, bases – uh, military bases with my uncles and and uh, getting on the tanks and riding around in all the vehicles and and uh, it was a love that I I really wanted I, re- I really loved the, the military uh, uh, life and uh, I guess it just was in me somewhere and I uh, when I turned on the TV one afternoon when my father and I were. Doing our roofing company and it rained and we couldn't work. I went in and I had retired from wrestling because my mother was sick and I was helping my father with his roofing company. And I turned on the uh, the, the TV and there, in black and white, I uh, heard the uh, Marine Corps hymn and I sat and watched uh, a movie called The D.I. and uh, it all it all happened it was just like magical it just uh, everything happened for a reason and uh, i just said that's that's the character that i can portray i could be a uh, drill instructor uh, sergeant slaughter and uh not only did it uh, get to wrestling but i became the first living gi joe uh, yeah. from that character uh a lot of people don't know that uh, i'm the i'm the first living gi joe and And I'm the only man alive, person alive, that has two Hall of Fame rings, one from G.I. Joe and, and of course, one from uh, the WWE. I'm the only man or person alive that has those two rings and uh, is in a uh, G.I. Joe and a WWE Hall of Fame. So it's it's gone uh, further than... Then inside the uh, squared circle of wrestling, you know, I'm not only uh, a professional wrestler and a world champion, but I'm the uh, drill instructor for G.I. Joe, the real American hero. Yo, Joe. (laughs) Of
0: course, when I was a kid, everybody knew Sergeant Slaughter from wrestling. They also knew you from G.I. Joe. How did that deal uh, to become the living G.I. Joe come about and how important was it for your career?
1: Well, I had uh, come back for my second term of duty to the WWE, and Vince McMahon Sr. was still running the company, and he was so happy that that I was there. He kept saying, "Sergeant, Sergeant, is so glad, so happy to 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 have you back. You're the greatest uh, villain of all time," and he kept uh, patting me on the back and and praising me. And I said, "Well, Mr. McMahon, if you think I'm." such a great uh, villain. You ought to see me as a hero. And he said, a hero? Sergeant Slaughter is a hero? Wait a minute. What are you talking about? But what's your idea? (laughs) And so I (laughs) told him, well, you know, you got the Iron Sheik from Iran here in the WWE. And uh, here I am, United States Marines. And why don't you let Sergeant Slaughter go after the Iron Sheik? Because we never really got any payback from what, Ayatollah Khomeini did all those years. You know, we never got to punch him right in the nose for all the uh, the problems that he caused with the uh, hostage situation and the killing of the marines at the embassy and and the Black Hawks going down. And I, I went through the whole scenario with him, and I kind of, I think I kind of hypnotized him a little bit. And all of a sudden, he snapped out of it and he said, "Oh, whoa, that's really good, sir. But uh, no, you, you can't." Uh, You might be able to do that for a little while, but uh, you'll ruin the the character Sergeant Slaughter, the villain. And I looked over his shoulder at his son who was standing behind him who was taking over the company, and he gave me the thumbs up. He he loved the (laughs) idea. And uh, Mr. McMahon Sr. turned around and he said, Vinny, don't you ever turn Sergeant Slaughter into a hero. It, It won't work. It'll work for a while, but it won't work forever. And uh, I hate to say it, but uh, Mr. McMahon Sr. was wrong because uh, uh, Vince McMahon uh, about three weeks later came to me and said, uh, I want to do what you told my father. And I said, oh, go against the Iron cheek He said, yes, I do. And I said, when? He said, right now. And I said, right now? He goes, yeah, right now. Only you and I and the – production truck is going to know that we're going to do this i'm not telling anybody else element of surprise he said you go out there and you challenge the iron cheek and use your best george Patton, general Patton promo and so i had to i had already taken all my uh, gear off so i'm lacing up my boots and trying to find my campaign cover and, and it was nowhere to be found but Pretty soon my music was playing. I'm watching the uh, monitor and I see Iron Sheik and Ayatollah Blasi. Fred Blasi, his manager, I can read their lips. And they're, they're saying, wrong music, wrong music. They're playing the wrong music. And out I came and the place went uh, crazy. And uh, first, they I don't think they were quite sure how to accept it because here, here comes Sergeant Slaughter and the Marine Corps to the rescue of uh, the United States and uh, the rest, as they say, is kind of history. And I guess uh, Hasbro uh, were, they were going in a different direction. They were always animated. They always had voiceovers and they were looking for a ambassador, someone to be a real live character in their uh, G.I. Joe uh, cartoon series and their animated series. And, got a hold of me through a couple other people and we went and had a meeting with them. And, uh, they told me their ideas. So I, when I left, I told them, uh, well, if you're looking for the, the real GI Joe, I'm the guy and, uh, there's nobody else going to do it any better than me. And so by the time I got back home, my attorney told me they had, they contacted him several times and said they wanted to sign me up. But then when I went to tell, Vincent McMahon about it. He said, that's great, Sarge, but I can't let you do it. And I said, why not? I said, yeah, G.I. Joe and wrestling, G- uh, Sergeant Slaughter. And, and he said, I just signed with LJN last week, and it would be a conflict of interest to have Hasbro involved. So he said, thank you for, for going out of your way to, to try to do that. And I said, well, I think we can make it work. And he wouldn't, uh, he, he wouldn't make it work. So finally, I had a decision. I had either uh, stay in the WWE and uh, continue on to do WrestleMania 1 or go on to uh, Hasbro and be the first living G.I. Joe. And I was at the dinner table, and I was kind of uh, quiet. My wife said, what's your problem? You're not eating. And I said, well, I got this. I don't know what to do. Go to Hasbro or stay with WWE. And she said, pretty simple you can always be a wrestler you can't always be the first living gi joe so i said honey that's why you get the big bucks and i called <laughs> this man the next morning and gave him my notice and didn't go over so well but that's how i ended up uh, going to a uh, gi joe and i missed the first uh, six wrestlemanias but number seven there i was an Iraqi yeah. sympathizer yeah. Uh, I think Vince uh, McMahon was trying to get a little payback on me <laughs> still at the top of the card so there's, there's that
0: you're the WWF champion but uh, one thing that uh, fascinated me when Iron Sheik when we lost Iron Sheik recently was the story that came out that he was working for your father's uh, roofing company what what was your relationship like with Khazor Vaziri and, and how magical was the rivalry and the matches you created especially the boot camp match that everybody remembers
1: well I I went to a uh, uh, training camp in Minnesota where I grew up and uh Cosgrove was in the group that was being trained with uh Rick uh, Fleer, Flair, who's Rick Flair of today, and Capitera, uh great uh, Ganya, uh Jim Brunzel, Bob Bruggers, a few others and, and Cosgrove was part of that uh training camp. And so uh after the, uh, the camp uh, one day, uh, I, I ran into him at a, uh, at a workout facility, and we, he started showing me some amateur wrestling and some uh, moves that I wasn't familiar with. And uh, so we, we got to be friends. And uh, I had a little uh, pro- problem at the, uh, at the training camp with uh, Billy Robinson, who was one of the trainers, along with Vern Gagne and uh billy and i uh, had a little go around and uh Cosgrove did like billy very much and uh he thought what billy did was a was a, considered a cheap shot in our business and he tried to break my ankle for me and uh so uh, Cosgrove always kind of looked at me as, as kind of the the guy that didn't take any uh you know crap from anybody and and i did what i had to do to basically survive And so uh, I'm not sure if it'll be in the uh, biography or not, but uh, I tell the story about how that happened and how I ended up uh, being friends with Cosgrove, And uh, we ended up in Kansas City together a few times, and he wasn't the Iron Sheik yet. And I had just started as Sergeant Slaughter. So there was no, you know, we were still friends. And in fact, uh, I I knew his wife very well. She was from Minnesota. He died in Minnesota, and uh, and so one day uh, he went off and became the Iron Sheik, and I went off and became uh, more Sergeant Slaughter. And uh, the time came where I thought it was time for someone to to take him on, and uh, but to, to go back a little bit while he was kind of learning his his trade in Minneapolis. Uh, he asked me if if i would be able to hire him uh, to to work so he could make some money because he wasn't making any money uh, when he first started wrestling so uh i asked my dad and uh, yeah he said bring him down and we made him our, our kettleman that uh, that summer and he worked for us for quite a few years and uh, he was part of rebus roofing and uh Always remembered me for that. And and uh, it was uh, a, a special uh, a bond that we had. But uh, when we got the ring, it was all business. And uh, he came to me one time when they, uh, he had the world championship. He had uh, beaten Bob Backlund. and was very proud of that. And I was very proud of him. And uh, one night uh, or afternoon in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, he came to my hotel room and knocked on the door. And he said, I have a problem. What's your problem, Cosgrove? Coach, who was Virginia, said, I, I give you $100,000 cash if you break Hulk Hogan's leg and bring title to Minneapolis, AWA. And I said, well, number one, don't be breaking anybody's leg and tell Mr. McMahon Sr. exactly what you just told me when you get to – Madison Square Garden on Monday. This was uh, Friday. So on Monday, uh, he, uh, I saw him. I said, did you talk to Mr. McMahon? And he said, not yet. And I said, go talk to him immediately. So he went in and had a long meeting with him. And uh, of course, he uh, ended up losing the title to Hulk Hogan and created Hulk- Hulkamania right there. And uh, But he, he did listen to me and, and listened to Mr. McMahon and and uh did did very well in the uh, professional wrestling business yeah he's absolutely. a good man good uh, father great yeah. husband
0: and his AE biography was also very good i really really enjoyed the the what they did with him too um yeah. the other big physical fight i think everybody remembers is the alley fight with pat patterson at madison square yes. garden uh, getting in there that night with him, did you have any idea how good that match was going to be, how well remembered it was going to be? And my personal favorite part is when you see Vince McMahon Senior just sort of strolling down the aisle down the to to watch the finish of it. So, you know what what yeah. was that? What, yeah. what was what was the thought going
1: into that? And uh, did you have any idea it was going to have the legacy that did? Well, you know when when we uh, Pat and I were having all these matches, and pretty soon there was never any decision. So. Mr. McMahon Sr. got a little fed up with it. He said, well, you two are going into a special match. And I said, what kind of match? And he said, "Call the alley fight. I said, well, what's an alley fight? He says, I don't know. I never had one before. <laughs> but I'm going to have one with you two. He said, there'll be no rules. You can wear whatever you want to wear in the ring. Uh, no count outs. Uh, match till there's a winner. And I said, OK. And he said, but there's one stipulation because of you guys always beating up the referee or somebody else, there won't be a referee at ringside. There'll only be a referee at ringside to count them, one, two, three, or ask one of you if they submit. And uh, I said, okay, sounds good to me. So, uh, of course, that night at Madison Square Garden, (laughs) when I was about ready to to, uh, go to the ring, I said to my manager, uh, General, Uh, Ernie Roth, uh, the Grand Wizard, I said, "Uh, Ernie, I got one question for you. He says, yeah, what is it, Sarge? I said, how does this match end? He said, what do you mean? I said, well, there's no referee. How how does the match stop? I mean, he said, that's a good question. So he ran off and he came back. He said, don't worry about it. Just go out there and do all you, you can do to win. So I did. And, of course, as soon as I got to the, uh, the inside the the ring, Pat attacked me, and we had probably one of the greatest uh, – not not only did we, we did have the greatest match of all time in Madison Square Garden. Uh, and uh, truly an epic uh, battle because there was no referee. That, As far as I know, there's, there was never a match before that without a referee, and I don't think there's been a match since – that uh, match without a referee. And so we, uh, we ended up uh, battling and battling and battling. And the next thing I know, I'm getting back into the ring to uh, continue the battle. And I see a, a towel being thrown in. I said, what? I was so infuriated. I was so mad that somebody threw the towel in because I was still, I wanted to keep going. I, wanted, I didn't care. I wanted to keep uh, fighting. And, and, uh, Little did I know that uh when I, I did see the towel come in, that 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 made Sergeant Slaughter the toughest SOB on the planet because everybody saw that I didn't want to quit. Somebody threw the towel in for me. It wasn't me. It wasn't right. Sergeant Slaughter. So from that point on, I I had a uh uh a label that he was one tough son of a gun. And uh from that point on it was easy street because anybody I fought, they knew they were going to be in for a battle. But little did I know that that, uh, that match has become, uh, it's been around the world many, many, many times, especially for uh, training camps that are teaching wrestlers how to be wrestlers. They show them that match. They say, if you want to be a professional wrestler, this is how you have a match. And here's two guys having a match without a referee. So if they can do that, you have to, you know, follow that, follow that path and, and uh, do the best you can, because that's, that's what you have to uh, live up to. And of course, several trips over to Japan was always uh, taken by uh, young Japanese uh, wrestlers and my hand was shaken uh, my bat my back was patted and uh, hugs for the, the greatest match that they, they, they had ever seen and that they learned to wrestle by. So it was uh, something we never expected. I never thought that it would ever turn out to be that. But uh, Pat Patterson from till the day he passed, he every year he would watch that match and would call me and would just uh. Laugh and, and smile and say, uh, that was the greatest match of all time, and uh, nobody's ever going to be able to uh, match that. And uh, I don't think they have. We, we tried to come close with the uh, the boot camp match with the Iron sheet but uh, I think Pat Patterson, especially some of the wrestlers that uh, of, of today, uh, like a Mick Foley that were at, actually uh, in a fan at that match, uh. It really makes you feel uh, a pretty special when uh, you're uh, basically told that you had the greatest match of all time in Madison Square Garden history. So uh, really looking forward to uh, seeing if they added that match or anything to it in the biography or talked about it.
0: Yeah totally unique match and so fun to watch that years after it happened to he's someone that isn't talked about a lot in modern times. What can you tell me about working with the grand wizard Ernie Roth?
1: He was a, a pure gentleman and uh, Ernie was the kind of uh, manager that didn't get in your way. He never uh, stepped in to speak for you unless he had to. And he knew that Sergeant Slaughter could speak on his own. And uh, he was just, pretty blessed and happy to just to be associated with me but I made him the uh the, the general my general and uh he was pretty pretty proud of that he always uh thanked me years and years uh later and uh we always had a special friendship and a bond and uh he was just a uh a tremendous help because he would come to me and, and point out a few things that were were going on in a match but never really got involved in a match and and, uh, was there when I needed him. And especially if he needed to, to uh, grab the mic. And uh, I usually let him start out uh, saying his piece and then I would finish it. And uh, we were quite a team together. That's great.
0: And uh, we're going to move on to something we call the three count. Now it's going to be three quick questions and your answers. Uh, First question What's the best match of yours that the fewest people saw? What, what, what's like a hidden gem in the Sergeant Slaughter uh, body of work?
1: Well, one time we had a match in uh, Alaska, and uh, about 12 of us went over from uh, Portland, Oregon, uh, Don Owens Promotions. And uh, we were flown over to Alaska and uh, picked up and taken to a uh, mountainside in uh, RVs, uh, uh, four-wheel drives, and then from that point on, we went up a mountain on uh, uh, mules, and we got to the top of the mountain, and there was a makeshift ring up there, and it was made out of uh, wood and some rope, and there was two tents, one for the uh, the uh, heroes and one for the villains, and when it came to match time, I peeked out. I was uh, wrestling uh, Dutch, man, uh, Dutch uh, Savage at that time. Wow. And uh, I looked out, and there was like uh, 10 people, uh, 10 men at ringside. And I said to the promoter, are we going to run? Are we going to still do the show? Are, are we waiting for more people? He said, no, it's sold out. And I said, well, should we wait for the rest to get here? He said, no, that's all It's coming. The government asked these gentlemen who are uh working up here on the uh the uh the lines what kind of entertainment they like to have and they wanted to have a wrestling match so we we brought you guys up to have a wrestling match and uh, the the ring was only like uh, a foot off the ground and so we had a wrestling match for uh, these 10 gentlemen and uh one of my i thought it was one of my better matches and Unfortunately, only uh, uh, 10 and uh, 11 other wrestlers and a referee saw saw it. (laughs) That's great. Second
0: question, uh, you're a big golfer, I understand. 18 holes with anyone in wrestling history. You get to play in a foursome. Who's playing with you? Uh, Wrestlers? Yeah. Anyone in wrestling history, you get to play in a foursome. Who are the other three playing with you?
1: Oh, Um, um, gosh. I guess, uh, gosh, I, I don't know too many uh, wrestlers that play golf, but uh, I have played golf with uh, vice presidents, and I've i played uh, golf with some many uh, great celebrities. I guess one of my favorites was Charles Barkley playing with Charles Barkley. Nice, and uh, of course Lee Trevino was was a uh, uh, a partner of mine in a uh, a pro am one time. And uh, actually, uh, at the end of uh, the game, uh, about, I guess, the uh, ninth or 10th hole, he handed me a putter out of his bag. He said, Sarge, try this putter. You're bent over quite a bit. Try this putter. And I started making putt after putt after putt. And he was the happiest, (laughs) most jubilant guy. He was laughing and, and screaming and telling people that, what he had done. And, uh, at the end of the, uh, day, I went to give him the putter back and he said, no, you keep that. You keep that. And, uh, unfortunately my bag got stolen one time and that, that putter was in it. But, uh, I did, uh, uh, have a lot of fun, uh, with Lee Trevino that day. And, and, uh, of course I, I went to a lot of, uh, uh pro amps and got to meet a lot of the, uh, the pro golfers. And, uh, uh roger malpe was was one of my favorite partners also he because he liked to smoke cigars and uh, we had a great time very good and then the last question what's the best part of being sergeant slaughter uh i guess the best part of being sergeant Slaughter is, is that wherever i go uh i'm always greeted and uh thanked for uh, being sergeant slaughter and the reason that they uh the men and women that uh that were in the military, joined the military. They said that uh, the Sarge influenced them that much that they wanted to uh, serve their country and love their country that much that they they wanted to serve their country. And I guess that's probably one of the greatest honors that I could ever bestowed upon. Uh, And I've been told that I'm the the biggest recruiter for uh, the military that they've ever had. So I, I salute all the, uh, all the men and women that uh, have served uh, our great country and continue to serve our great country and will continue to serve our great country.
0: Biography, Sergeant Slaughter, airs this Sunday at 9 p.m. on A&E. Sergeant Slaughter, thank you so much for your time today, and thank you for joining me in Under the Ring Pro Wrestling Conversations. I really enjoyed this.
1: Thank you so much, and no push-ups for you.
0: Thanks again, everyone, for joining me today on Under the Ring Pro Wrestling Conversations. I'd like to thank Sergeant Slaughter for joining me today. I'd like to thank AE and and Eric Winkler, as well as Paul Inserto, for setting this uh, up with Sarge today. Follow me on Twitter at Under the Ring for all the latest guest announcements, and have a great week, everyone.